Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We're lucky enough to have bumped into Paul Hewitt from RNC Minerals, which is quite good because uh, quite a few have sent uh, questions in and we're going to put them to Paul now. How are you? Hey, good, Matt. Good to see you again. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're obviously over for the one-to-one. We are, yeah. How's it going over there? Uh, it's quite busy, actually. A lot of back-to-back meetings, uh, really good, healthy meetings. It's good to get the new story out. Right. And uh, you meaning like new investors, current investors? I mean, what is it? A combination, actually. Mostly um, potential new investors, uh, um, existing shareholders, mm. a combination of a lot of different people. We've, got, we've had a huge response to the piece you did last week uh, with us, uh, which is okay. great. Okay. People excited about a few things, confused about a few things. So I just want to take the chance to clarify some stuff. So can we start with the sorter? You, you kind of explained it quite well last week, but okay. can we get into a little bit of detail about how does that work? So you know, tell people what it does, what the options are. I know sure. you recently commissioned some engineering. Yeah. So why don't you take it from there? Tell us what's going so on. So look, uh, ore sorters have been around for a long time now. They're not new. They're, um, they've been improved a lot in the last decade. The technology mm-hmm. has improved significantly with new technology that's out there for mm-hmm. ore sorters. Mm-hmm. All ore sorters do is if you are fortunate enough that they work, you apply them, you put them on the mine site. Mm-hmm. So where, at, where it would work for us is at Beta Hunt. And just by way of background, we've, we've, hired somebody that that's one of their main roles a projects guy that is looking at ore sorters right looking at uh expansion on the front of the mill right looking at pipeline to the projects going into the mill so we we've committed a full-time role to this we know it's serious and, and right. it, it could really help us so an ore sorter just just to describe what it does matt yeah if you run all your material through it it has the ability to actually simply do what it says, ore sort. It sorts out maybe 80% of the material is ore. Mm-hmm. The other remaining 20% won't get transported to the mill. It gets scalped off. It gets okay. removed from that tonnage throughput. Right. So what do you do with that? Just So that would go into a low grade stockpile or even yeah. go as waste in many times. Look, some of the ore sorters I've used in the past or I've seen in the past in use, um, anything that's scalped off goes to the waste pile. It's, right. it's just uneconomic. So right. okay. it frees up a lot of room in the front of the mill for us. So depending has, on where you put that, you're going to be moving and transporting less uh, ore. And and if the good thing about ore sorters is they're they're mobile. So we right. would put it. Let's let's assume let's assume we run a batch and one lot and it works. It's got to be successful. We have to test this. We have to, there are experts out there, by the way. Hmm. Um, We will hire experts. We are already engaged with the group that do this for a living. They're experts. It'll be done sometime in the first half of 2020 where they'll come in, they'll take a lot, one lot of ore. They're going to run it through the machine. We're going to get back testing. Um, If that works, we would put it at beta hunt. Right. So then we would remove all that transportation cost from Beta Hunt to the Higginsville plant, which is about okay. approximately 60 kilometers away. So okay. it, it offers tremendous upside and opportunities for us. There's absolutely no doubt about that. So, you, but you wouldn't put two in? I know because no, you, no. you talked about that. Not right now. We wouldn't do, we, look, step one, baby steps, let's, let's first figure out, let's do the work, let's do the engineering work, let's see if they work. Okay. Um, again, technology's improved so much. 
I think I'd be more surprised if they didn't work, but time will tell. Let's let's do the study. Okay, um, fair enough. And, and and put one in and and go from there. Well, decide to put one in. I'm not going to commit to putting one in till we do the work. Okay, okay fair enough. So you said there, to, circa. To, I know you were deliberately uh, vague. Is two and a half million bucks would get you something? Yeah. Look, I used a real wag here, and right. I was very honest about this. Yeah. Look, I've seen them. I've actually seen quotes for some of them in my lifetime, mm -hmm. and they're running about two and a half million dollars. That that that's a, to me, it's it's quite expensive. It's not cheap, mm. but it it adds a lot of value for us. It frees up capacity at the mill, increases grade. It does a lot of good things for us. So right. again, make sure it works. Works. Let's get an ore sort or put it beta hunt. Let's start running our material through it, and and we'll go from okay, there. Okay. So watch this space, but the the. I think what you're saying is the economics on these things generally pay back reasonably quickly. Look, they can pay themselves back in less than a year, these ore sorters, right? right? Absolutely. Okay. There, there are cases out there that ore sorters repay themselves uh, within a year. So. Okay. So, okay. We'll wait to hear from you yep. on that. Yes. Right. Next thing, coarse gold. This is a what if scenario. Okay. What if you hear another Father's Day vein scenario. Because people were talking about how long it's taken to process the 5,000 ounce uh, coarse gold through the current setup. So was that um, a case of you were trying to work out how, how to do it? So what happens if you had 30,000 yeah, no, 30, so ounces of coarse gold? Let, let's, just, let's just explain this here. So first okay. of all, there's some carryover gold from Father's Day, and that's really not because we couldn't get it through the mill. First, we didn't have a mill, right? Let's be yeah. honest here. We yeah. didn't even own a mill up until then. But our ore, or that coarse gold that we had from Father's Day, Matt, was located in three areas in the world, actually. We had to get all that back into Australia. Right. It wasn't as simple as just me coming on as CEO and, and picking up the phone, and, and that's what I did, by the way. I said, look, I want to monetize all that. I'd rather not do dilution. Why don't we monetize all that coarse gold? Mm. We had to first get it back into Australia, which took some time. Mm -hmm. There's there's some legal issues, immigration stuff that you have to follow, um, and there are steps that we have to do to get it in. In fact, unfortunately, along the way, one of the three locations that we had actually went insolvent, which created some more obstacles for us. We right. were housing our material there. It went insolvent. We got it all back. Right. We got everything back, so there was no risk, but it was a time thing. It was again, oh my gosh, how did this happen? I got a phone call one day saying, hey, that place we're storing that gold here is now insolvent. Uh, what happens? I said, well, well, it's a legal process. We'll get it in two weeks or right. something, whatever period it is. But we got it all. So hang right. on now, Matt. Let me, mm -hmm. let me finish this. So look, this is important. So some of the stuff that we're dealing with with Father's Day is stuff that was located everywhere that we're now monetizing. Those 5,000 ounces that we discovered, we're putting some of that through the mill already. As I explained on the video the other day, we have a front end system that we, we, we separate out a gravity circuit. It's really simple. It's a jaw crusher followed by a terminator followed by a shaker tape. Really basic, not complicated. Then from there we go into the main mill. We do this process and it's an extra step so that we could get 100% recovery. If we hit another Father's Day, 
um, we'll be able to mine that or mill it all mm. in that quarter or slip into maybe the next quarter. It's okay. not going to be a year like what we saw here with volume. That'll right. never happen again. You know, we hit something in October. We we mined some or in September. Some of it was through the mill in, in October. It, it, it's, okay. not, it's not a huge lag here. So I understand. It, it wasn't like a, a processing issue. Is the fact that you have to get the coarse gold back in country to be able to process With it. With respect to Father's Day, completely. Got it. Okay, so the, the system, you, and you described um, how the system is set up to process gold. Can you just do yeah, that Yeah, so again? that gravity gold. circuit yeah, is, yeah. again, a real simple jaw followed by a terminator, which is another type of crushing system. Yeah. Once it goes through the jaw and through the terminator, we have a shaker table. Yeah. We run it through that shaker table. We have to displace people from the mill to come and do this. We don't bring in okay. outside security. Look, imagine having $10 million worth of gold and just saying to anyone, hey, look, we're going to hire a temp and we're going to make him run that gravity. Right. We're very secure in this facility. We do it on specific days. We're very selective on who gets to do it. Right. Um, okay. I've been in gold mining for 33 years. I've heard and uh, I've heard some interesting stories in my career of some migrating, and I would never expect that's happening at our place. But I would say that we want to make sure we do all precautions to prevent it, and that's part of our steps that we make sure the people that have to do it are not people that are available seven days a week. Okay. So you would have to move if. And it's a what-if scenario. If you do get another large specimens, coarse gold, you have to slightly break away from the normal process. Does that affect productivity elsewhere? That's why you're seeing it not affect productivity for those reasons. Because we're making sure we manage it and balance it with people's schedules. You see no interruption in our production mm. because we're managing that right now. Got it. Okay. And I, I guess we'll wait to see if that has a bump in the product production numbers. I know you can't comment. Um, hedging, let's just explain this because I, you know, I thought we had dealt with it, but I think some people again left the, the interview still a little bit confused about what was going on there. You put some hedging in place when you did the Higginsville Mill acquisition. Can when, you tell us? Yeah, so when we did the Higginsville complex, so again, complex. and I know I repeat this, yes, but it's fair, important. Fair, fair point. We didn't just get a mill here. We got a mill plus we got a series of fair point 1.9 million ounces that was measured, indicated, and inferred, all three categories. Yeah, fair so, point. So um, the Higginsville complex, you, you put some hedging in there against 20% of your Yeah, no, so it wasn't, watt. so, so let's, let's just clarify something. So right. what I was saying is approximately 20% of our future exposure is right. open. Right. The hedges, hedges that are put in place are, are standard practice. This is not something that's out of the norm. To acquire a certain amount of debt, it's standard practice to secure a certain amount of that with hedges in place at the time. Now think back of the time that we acquired the Higginsville assets. It was, we closed it June 10th. We were doing all that financing. We were doing everything we could to avoid additional dilution, and, and I explained that. Mm. We don't want the additional dilution. We would prefer to take on the debt. Mm -hmm. Putting in standard practices of hedging at yep. that time, gold wasn't where it is today. It was approximately, I, I don't know the exact amount, but it was about $300 an ounce US less than where it is presently today. The time mm. those hedges were put in, they were the right thing to do in order right. to secure that debt. Now, look, those things will roll themselves off, and again, approximately 80% exposure to the upside, 20% mm -hmm. hedge. We got a, 
I'm again, don't quote me on the number here, Matt, but I believe it's uh, seventeen thousand ounces of of. Left. Left, remaining Got for it. us to roll out that we'll do month after month after month that will likely be sometime March or April that they'll roll themselves out and then give us exposure to everything else. So look, there's not a whole lot of hedges out there. Right. Um, and if you think, what is the trade-off for our shareholders? Well, I think we should be applauded for actually thinking, you know what, it, we can absorb some amount of debt mm. and it makes us a lot sharper. When we have a certain amount of debt on our balance sheet, we're working... Um, we're always crisper, I find. So right. um, good on us for putting on a certain amount of debt and, and not adding that extra dilution. What I'm hearing, best deal you could have done at the time. Uh, by far the best deal we could have done at the time for our shareholders. Undoubtedly. Last one. You've got yeah. to hear because I know yeah. you're busy. <laughs> yeah, no, no worries. I think I got a meeting that I'm 10 minutes late for, but okay. you're always worth it, man. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> you heard that here first. Right. Um, shorting. Um, Big um, issue, yeah. Big issue. Again, a lot of conversation uh, going on about what's happening with shorters, and we did touch upon it last time. And I appreciate it's a sort of sensitive subject for for some people, but I think you dealt with it head on. So, what do you think you can do about the shorting that has been going yeah, on? So, look, it's this is a simple situation where we got to continue delivering, and what we didn't have when we spoke last time was actual numbers. So today, I know that. Right. Mid-September, we were at approximately a little over 3, 3.3, 3.4%, somewhere around that, very close to that. Right. 3%, 3, over 3% of the company was shorted. Mm -hmm. Today, we're down to about 1.2, 1 1.3%. Right. That's a huge fall off, over 60% fall off. And what's important to me and should be to the rest of the people is the momentum and the trend. It is heading in the right direction. We went from 3% down to a little over 1.3%. 1, 1 That's the right direction we want this heading. People, I think, will be reluctant to short this stock when we continually continue to deliver and right. continue to do what we've been doing. Okay. Well, look, thanks for the update. Yeah. I look forward to seeing what happens in November and December. Uh, with regards to answers out of the ground. Um, sure. I know you talked that you give us some sort of sense of where you are with your cost cutting exercise you know, and how that's driving your ASIC down. So um, stay in touch. Um, we all look forward to hearing how it's going. So thanks right, for your time. Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com and of course our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.